0: Hello and welcome to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date on the trends and movements in livestock, grain and fibre markets. My name is Olivia Agar and for today we're diving into the wool market with Mark Symes, who is the Southern Regional Wool Manager for G. Schneider Australia. So for those that maybe don't know the Schneider Group, they source, process and supply wool along the supply chain with a big focus on transparency and traceability and connecting their brand partners with producers. So, I'm feeling a bit inspired actually after recording this episode. One thing that Mark said after the podcast conversation was that he feels like he's been reborn into a new industry with all the changes that he's seen. And you can just hear his passion and his optimism for the future of wool come through in this chat. He also provides some really good insight into the recovery of fiber demand based on his dealing with overseas customers. That being said, we do have the recent news since recording that mills in China have been told to stop buying Australian cotton. With fears of a tariff coming in place so that's certainly not good news for the fiber industry given that they take about 65 percent of our production before we get stuck into today's episode though a special mention to today's sponsor curawera Marino. their ram sale is just a few weeks away on the 2nd of november through auctions plus so if you're looking for strong genetics and rams with good and reliable asbv data Get in touch with Anthony Close from Karawira. I do want to quickly touch on a livestock market update before I hand over to Rob and Mark though. So after four weeks of price rises in the land market, it has eased back this week. So we might have hit a bit of a tipping point for spring. Mutton and restocker prices are still very strong though. And we're definitely seeing the demand in those markets. So that'll keep supporting the rest of the categories. For cattle though, young cattle prices are still hanging around at record levels. We've seen the 90cl beef export indicator come off recently. Apparently there's a lot of supply coming out of Argentina and New Zealand and that's been very strong in recent weeks. It will keep adding pressure to finished cattle prices. Okay, I'll hand over to Mark and Rob now. I hope you really enjoy this episode.
1: Thanks, Liv. And look, it's a real pleasure for me to be talking with Mark Symes. Actually, Mark and I go back a long way, back to, uh, we're both at Elders at one stage, although in different divisions, but we've seen Mark go on and become uh, a really important part of the G. Snyder organisation and, uh, and their wool business. But we have seen also, and what we wanted to talk about today, Mark, was the, um, was the wool market. And I suppose the first thing to sum up is how have things gone for you guys this year, we look at markets and we see the movements. But in those markets, there is a you know there's people actually dealing with it every day, like like your organisation. How's it been? How's twenty twenty been?
2: Uh, it's been a very difficult year, Rob. Um, firstly, thank you for the invitation to be able to speak to you listeners. And uh, yeah, twenty twenty has been an exceptionally uh, difficult year from a management point of view in terms of managing purchasing stock. Um, selling stock and financing stock so um, three uh, areas of, of difficulty which um, many exporters have, have uh, encompassed this year
1: tell us a little bit mark about your particular focus your company's particular focus in the industry because everybody would have heard of your business and your name but I guess you do have quite a specialist role in the industry is that right
2: yes we we do Rob um, we uh, to just to uh, Give you an insight into a bit of the background of uh, the Schneider Group. We started back in 1922. We were greasy wool traders um, right from the outset, through till about 1950, and then we saw an opportunity in the market to value add and uh, became processors. So we became top makers through uh, through the 1950s until now. Niche marketing, um, high quality, superfine wool tops using wool from um, various origins, but mainly. Australia and New Zealand.
1: It's really interesting that you're processing tops, but that also means that you've got to be selling tops. I guess is that is that where you're at, at the, your business at at the moment?
2: Yes, yeah, that's our that's our main main business. Um, yeah, you know, we're uh, we're an Italian based company. Um, our commercial department, the head office, is in Chiasso in Switzerland now, which has recently moved um, just a few years ago from Biella, um, north of Italy. We have four processing plants. One in Italy, one in China, one in Argentina, and just recently um, in the last couple of years, we've opened up in Egypt, which was a strategic um, placement to service uh, Europe and and uh, and the Middle East. But uh, yeah, uh, top top making and selling tops, and and also exotic fibers as well is, is our, been our main business in a in a niche marketing uh, context.
1: So to come to the the market, I guess. You know, we, we knew the market had sort of peaked in 2018 and it was softening a little bit, but it was all quite orderly up until, you know, early this year when COVID, you know, really started to impact on it. How did, how did your customers, how were, what, what were some of the things that affected them? How did you deal with them? Were they, you know, what were they doing? What were they deciding to do in terms of, you know, stocks and inventory and when, when everything just shut down?
2: I suppose it's uh, twofold in the exporting and 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 processing side. I think we've encompassed a period of uh, long delays, um, trying to to get past the COVID situation. You know, exporters and and also top makers around the world have been working with their clients, whether it be uh, you know spinning and weaving clients or knitting clients, to manage their situation. Um, you know, there's been delays in delivery, delays in payment. There's been a lot of strategies um, put in place to, to try and manage that that flow of wool through to the end user. Unfortunately, you know, with uh, the COVID situation and lockdowns um, globally, we've encompassed um, a lot of problems in terms of getting product through the system to, to the end user.
1: We'll talk about the, the latest wool market in a minute, but how is this unfolding? Are we seeing, you know, the the mills and the regions and the countries start to, you know, structure their business around this COVID thing and, and get going again, or is it is it happening?
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it's happening slowly. Um, you know, we're we're seeing um, you know, China, for example, is opened up, uh, pretty much opened up back to normal um, as of August um, this year. So, you know, we've seen enormous uh, support from from the Chinese marketplace where in recent times 92% of our our wool has been heading into China, which has been a godsend for the market. Um, As much as the the market's been on a roller coaster ride and and we've had some some, uh, difficult price management uh, situations, you know, that's been a, a, an enormous positive. Out the other side, um, we're seeing an increase in exports out of China um, starting to flow, you know, a much uh, better improved environment than what was first thought. Europe is, is slowly moving. We're starting to see and get visual signs of improvement uh, from January to June next year. Um, this year still just going to be a slow burn, uh, through till Christmas and, and fairly depressed situation as they get back on their feet They're coming back off summer holidays and, and then you now they're having to work through um, Coming into a cold winter uh, what the situation might mean in terms of a second wave But you know the signs are encouraging uh, post-Christmas um, We're seeing um, you know a shift from from weaving types to, uh, to hand knitting and knitting types um, you know, in, uh, with orders being placed in large volumes um, in the new year. So that's an encouraging sign. As I say, you know, from adversity comes diversity. So, um, you know, we um, hopefully uh, will diverse, you know, we've predominantly been a, a super fine wool marketer of wool tops, high quality wool tops. You know, it's time, you know, for us to diverse our business into 21 to 30 micron area in the in the hand knitting and knitting spectrum so um that's uh that's uh, you know an exciting proposition
1: it's uh it, it really is the, that's right because you do have a reputation especially being an italian based or an italian origin business of being involved in the top end and um and i was one of the few one of many i suppose people in australia who was fortunate to go to biawa at one stage and uh, and you're taken aback a little bit by the passion people have for wool in those countries I'm interested, though, in your strategy of going to medium wools because one of the things that we looked at this last week in, uh, in our Mercado publications is that back in about 1990, when you and I were really just learning the ropes here, we had about 4.6 million bales of wool. Um, last year, I think AWTA tested 1.6 million bales of wool. However, the 19 and finer was actually more in volume. Than back in 1990, so it's been that medium wool that 20 microns and stronger that's really vanished from the Australian landscape. So I guess you're going to have to look far and wide to fill your orders.
2: Yes, yeah, so I think um, you know you obviously um, source wool from from different origins. You know we've we've got access to wool from South Africa, Argentina, uh, New Zealand, um, Uruguay. Um, so, yes, you you do look far and wide to, to satisfy those requirements. But having said that, with the, the fantastic seasonal conditions we've had this year in, in Australia, um, we are seeing a broadening of the wool clip and, uh, you know, not so much of the, the 19.5 and finer, particularly in the high-quality uh, product this year due to the to exceptional seasonal conditions.
1: Yeah, now just talking about the market, I mean, I, I think it's – it's almost when you look back, you can almost logically explain why it's done what it's done. But then this last month, I think in six weeks, the Eastern market indicator has lifted by 30%. You yeah, not quite as strong, almost as strong in the fine end, but not quite as strong. But that's a, a really strong move, Mark. Um, does that give your customers confidence? Or does it make them nervous? Or how do they respond when that when prices move like that? Because we know what Wool growers think of it; they think it's fantastic. What's it like on the other side of the equation?
2: it's difficult um, from a top making and processing point of view because you're you're generally selling 6, 12, 18 months ahead. So managing that risk is is quite difficult. But uh, you know, volatility has always been you know a um, a part of the market that we've had difficulty in in um, stabilising and finding that um, that you know, middle ground between the the high, the peaks and the troughs. And so I think it's, uh, you know, it's a problem we've had over the course of time and, and still going to be a problem we have into the future. And I think it's, it's forging or forcing, you know, a, a playing field of, um, you know, the brand partners uh, trying to connect directly with growers to perhaps ease that, that volatility and, and maybe set some benchmarks in terms of price for a, a set period.
1: Do you want to talk a little bit more about that relationship building? Because that's something that your company has been really at the forefront of. And I know there are a lot of wool growers out there who think it's uh, it's a really strong model for going forward. How's the take-up been and how's the evolution going to come, do you think?
2: The take-up has been uh, tremendous. We're, we're very excited with uh, the growers' um, involvement and reaction to our Authentico program, which is our uh, supply chain um, privilege partnership or relationship with wool growers, where it gives um, a group of wool growers access to uh, supply chain and supply chain partners throughout the world. It's very difficult with the uh, uh, supply minimising, seemingly minimising uh, continuously over over time for growers to have a, uh, a volume of wool available to go through all the processes to a supply chain partner to one of the big brands um, so we're in collaboration with the wool growers you know we treat ourselves as the conduit between growing wool and wearing wool um, you know giving the grower access to all the processes you know scouring, combing, spinning, weaving, knitting whichever the case may be through to um, you know our close relationships with the brand partners.
1: Well I think it, I think it makes a lot of sense as well Mark because um, we are I mean, wool is really a niche market in that massive fiber market that's out there. So we need to be making sure that the, the really inherent uh, characteristics of wool and the value that producers have gets transferred to our customers. And, and I guess it also motivates the farmer, doesn't it? That, that if, he's dear, if he knows that his product is going to somebody who really values what he does, it, it does give them some satisfaction and motivation.
2: Oh, most definitely. And, and that's our, our role. We want to fit in that space of being the, um, the mouthpiece, if you like for, for wool growers, um, to promote their, their product. They, they spend, you know, in, in some instances, you know, it's generations of families that are involved in producing a product that, uh, you know, is, is probably underrated, still underrated as, as the most biodiverse product in the, in the world. Um, you know, in in this time of climate change, and and um, you know, um, wanting to help save the the planet, and you know, reduce all all the things that that are affecting us in in today's uh, climatic changes. You know, we see ourselves and through the Authentico program, and through a collaboration of, of all our our partners, um, whether it be animal welfare groups, um, whether it be spinners, weavers, knitters, and our Brand partners being the the, um, the clothing uh, brands that we all market the most biodiverse product in the world.
1: So Mark, is, is this obviously you can tell the passion for wool coming through in your voice here, and that shouldn't be a surprise because of the you know that's you're a bit like a lot of the people who are in the work sporting game now. You've been there forever and you've you've stuck it out and survived a lot of difficulties. But there's no doubt the passion's there, and so what do you think is the you know the medium longer term outlook for Australian wool production?
2: Well, I think um, short term um, the outlook uh, is is good. I I think I think this is the most exciting time to be involved in the wool industry. I've been, um, as you say, been around for a long time. uh, You know, thirty plus years in in the industry. Twenty five of those I've been with the Schneider Group, so. You know, it's been an amazing journey from uh, from the beginning right up until now. And I still learn something every day and, and we're still learning. You know, wool buying is no longer about just valuing and, and buying to a mill type. You know, we're having to negotiate and discuss and, and open dialogue with uh, different parts of the industry that we never had access to before. I feel as though we've broken down all those barriers and invisible walls and, and everyone's collaborating together for, for a better outcome, for a larger market share for wool and, wool and garments.
1: Well, I think, um, I think everybody now understands and appreciates the role that, that exporters play. I mean, whether it's financing, whether it's dealing with customers on the other side of the world, but now it's also about conveying the messages back from those customers back to our producers. So it's really important. And we've, look, Mark, I feel really fortunate that we've been able to talk to you today We do try and wrap up by asking a question out of left field, you know, one that perhaps might be a little bit different. So, I've got one for you, Mark. And you said you've been in the game thirty years exporting. The question is, what's what's one of the countries or regions that you would have exported wool to over your career that people on this down here in Australia might find pretty surprising?
2: Yeah, um, it's a hard question, that Rob, uh, because as I mentioned. um, 25 of my 30-plus years have been with uh, the Schneider Group and, and in that pursuit of excellence, you know, using every bale of wool that we buy, you know, in our own mills. Um, but prior to that, I suppose Russia was probably, you know, some, uh, a nation that's dropped out of the, the wool pipeline you know, in this last uh, 25 years where, when I first started, we were making uh, very large Russian blends and and selling wool into the Russian market, you know, on a, on a weekly, uh, you know, monthly yearly basis and doing it very successfully. And uh, that's probably uh, one of the most exciting, um, you know, areas that we were involved in back in, back in the day.
1: Well, look, it's, um, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Um, I really appreciate it, Mark, and it's good to catch up again. Um, look, all the best from your side of the uh, wool industry because there's no doubt the industry needs a successful exporting and, and, and logistics management and financing to just make everything work. Let's hope we chat again in a few months' time and we're, we're even more confident of the future. But uh, from us here at Commodity Conversations and Mercado, Mark, thanks very much for your time.
2: Thanks, Rob. It's much appreciated to be able to have the opportunity to um, get access uh, to your listeners and and, uh, we don't uh, do it often enough to be able to um, get out to wool growers.
0: A very big thank you to Mark for sharing his time and insight with us today. If you'd like to get in touch with Mark to talk more about what was discussed or to find out about G. Schneider's integrity scheme, Authentico, just drop us a note and we'll pass on your details. As always, thanks for listening in. If you enjoy the podcast or learnt something from it, please share it around and any reviews and ratings in your podcast app are always really appreciated. Thank you and we'll talk to you next week.